Why did I quit coffee? Here are the results of my first 10 years into this very personal experiment. Welcome to the Vegan Family Kitchen. This is Brigitte Jem, your host. Pull yourself a chair. In April 2011, I quit drinking coffee. This was a very unexpected move for me because I loved coffee. Back at the mid-1990s, I had a blog and many of my posts were about the art and pleasure of coffee making and drinking. My espresso machine was my most beloved appliance. I wrote my whole PhD dissertation by waking up at 5 a.m., pouring myself a double shot and sitting down to write by 5.04. I really enjoyed the taste and the culture of coffee. It was a pleasurable part of my life and it did help me write. So why quit coffee now? I have to warn you that in this recording, I will be discussing miscarriage. It is a very personal post and I will share the reasons why I quit coffee, what happened to me after I did and why I continue to live coffee free to this day 10 years later. I will also raise some questions that you may want to ask yourself about your own coffee consumption. I am not suggesting that you should quit coffee too, but I do believe that we all should be more mindful about what we consume in general, including coffee. In 2010, when I was 32 years old, my husband and I decided that it was time to start a family. As a proactive type A person, I found a family doctor who specialized in working with new families and I shared my intentions with her. I had no particular health concerns, so she just told me to stop the pill and start trying to conceive. Shortly after, I took my last pill. A month later, I was pregnant. Awesome! My doctor was pleased to see me back in the office so quickly, and she sent me off to get an ultrasound to date the pregnancy more precisely. Unfortunately, by the time I lay down in the dark with cold jelly in my tummy, The embryo that had started growing inside my uterus had failed. The radiologist's verdict? Blighted ovum. My doctor's wisdom? Ah, it happens all the time, don't worry about it. Just try again when you're ready. All right, we can do this. In the following six months, I had two more early pregnancy losses. Becoming pregnant was never a problem, but our embryos were not sticky. Our hearts were broken. What was wrong? After three losses, my family doctor referred us to the local hospital's fertility clinic for investigation, but there would be a delay before we could see a specialist. Again, the type A in me was keen to take action. We spent a lot of time researching what could possibly be happening to us. Were my husband and I somehow incompatible? Was there something wrong with my uterus? Was there anything in our environment that was preventing the pregnancy from unfolding as it should? Across everything I was reading, the question of coffee came back quite regularly, and most scientific sources were reassuring. Drinking a cup of coffee or two every day should not be a problem. But then I stumbled upon this uh, other study suggesting that a very small number of women may be highly sensitive to caffeine, causing their bodies to struggle to establish a connection between the mother's vascular system and the embryos. Don't ask me for the reference. Um, but I will put a link in the show note to something that I found more recently. Could I be one of those women? Since there was nothing else we could do while waiting for an appointment at the fertility clinic, I thought, well, why not quit coffee as an experiment? 
what's the worst that can happen anyway? I had just miscarried in late March 2011 when we were spending two weeks on Maui in early April. Not a good time to quit coffee. I decided I would enjoy my last cup brewed from Hawaiian beans before leaving the island. Once back home in Vancouver, I would drink only decaf, which has a small amount of caffeine, for one week. Then I would go down to zero. I also decided that I would not have tea. That would be quite the challenge for me since sharing a pot of green tea with coworkers was a daily ritual. So what happened? I went through the worst two weeks of my life. The decaf week was not bad, which makes me wonder how much caffeine is really in it. But going down to zero coffee was hell. Quitting coffee was one of the most challenging things I did in my entire life. It hurt. My brain felt like it was swelling into my cranium trying to get out. I felt tired. I had no energy. Two weeks passed in a fog. And then I was free. In late April, I became pregnant again. On May 12th, for the first time, we saw a flicker, a heartbeat, on the screen of the ultrasound machine. A few days after Christmas, our first child was born. So why quit coffee? Maybe it was just a coincidence. There are many more miscarriages than most people hear about, as much as 20% of known pregnancies. The abundance of cheap pregnancy tests means that a woman can now know that they're pregnant within days after conception, leading to more miscarriages being noticed than ever before. Maybe it was just a coincidence that the fourth coffee-free pregnancy turned out to be sticky. Or maybe not. We'll really never know. I could have started drinking coffee again, but we wanted another child, so I thought I would definitely wait until our family was completed. The pain of quitting coffee was just too great to make it worth it to start again. Plus, about five months after my daughter was born on Mother's Day, I managed to sneak out of our home on my own for the very first time. I went for a bike ride, and I stopped at our favorite coffee shop on the way home. I ordered an espresso. Whoa! The coffee tasted great, but I felt an immediate high so strong that I wondered if I would really be able to ride my bike back home or if I should walk instead. There are people who are more sensitive to caffeine than others. Maybe I'm one of them, and I simply didn't know it. I experienced many unexpected benefits from quitting coffee. This is not a scientific study, only my personal experiment with a single test subject, myself. But here are a few of what I experience in terms of unexpected benefits within a few months of quitting coffee. First, I had steadier energy. I used to need a little while or an espresso to get started in the morning, and I would feel very low energy in the two hours after lunch. Whenever possible, I would have a short afternoon nap or at least another cup of coffee or tea. Not needed anymore. Keep in mind that this happened while I was tending the needs of a baby who would not sleep more than 45 minutes in a row until age three. Number two, no more morning headaches. Previously, if I did not have my first cup of coffee by 8 a.m., a virtual vise would tighten around my head and stay there all day, even if I did have a cup of coffee later. After those, after those first awful two weeks, I did not experience this anymore, ever. Number three, well, it was one less thing to do in the morning. Previously, getting coffee in my body was as much a pleasure as a task that really needed to be done every day. 
When I was traveling or away from home, securing coffee in the morning was often on my mind. Now, I just don't have to worry about that anymore and I can get out the door faster if I need to. Also, no more timing of that caffeine. As a runner, I found that I had to carefully plan my caffeine intake due to the possible gastrointestinal side effects, especially when racing. Now, I can just lace up my shoes and go. Another benefit is that there's less waste. Coffee means packaging and spent grounds to deal with. Quitting coffee has meant reducing my footprint, even just a little. It's also one less expense. Gourmet coffee is not cheap, and having it every day, even if it's mostly at home, does add up. I estimate that we are saving at least $15 to $20 per week. That's about $1,000 a year. Most people find that the coffee ritual is just as important to them as the beverage. I get it. But I also wonder how much of the ritual is made necessary by the symptoms of caffeine withdrawal that they experience in the morning. Personally, my substitute ritual is to pull out a bottle of refrigerated tap water from the fridge. I have a favorite reusable glass bottle that I love drinking from. I get up early, I read a book or I write in my journal while drinking the fresh water, and it feels great. When it's time to rate for work, I enjoy a hot beverage just as much as the next person. My favorite is homemade pineapple ginger tea from my dehydrator. The ginger also helps with muscle soreness from hard workouts, which is great. Recently, I discovered purple tea, and I enjoy a cup poured from my special teapot, but I'm cautious not to do it every single day. So instead, I choose fruit and herbal concoctions. My go-to resource on nutrition and health, Dr. Michael Greger, is generally coffee-friendly, and he has highlighted the benefits of the bean-based beverage a few times because it's a source of antioxidants. In particular, there's reasonable evidence that coffee decreases the odds of liver disease. Personally, considering the relief I have experienced once I quit coffee, I just prefer to avoid getting liver issues in the first place. In particular, I choose to consume very little alcohol and to eat a healthy plant-based diet. My personal experience is that the benefits of drinking coffee do not outweigh the unpleasant side effects that I feel. Miscarriages aside, because really, I'll never know if there was causation or coincidence there, I find that my body reacts strongly to caffeine. The literature examined by Dr. Greger also shows that the benefits of coffee do not apply to everyone. Maybe I'm just a slow metabolizer. So should you quit coffee? I don't think so, but I would have a suggestion. Personally, and again, this is a very individual viewpoint, I prefer not to feel controlled by a substance. The idea that I must have coffee in the morning to be my best no longer sits well with me. In addition, I'm uncomfortable with the scale of the coffee industry. It has grown so much in the past 100 years. Between 1990 and 2020 alone, that's just 30 years, production worldwide has nearly doubled. The amounts of land and water required are mind-boggling. Is growing coffee the best use of natural resources for the people, biodiversity, and environment of those exporting countries and for the planet? It's really hard to find a truly nuanced discussion of such an important question, but for myself, I just choose not to have a part of it at the moment. If you feel that you cannot function without coffee, Maybe it's time to reconsider your relationship with the brew. 
Maybe try a one-month coffee-free experiment and decide whether you want to bring it back after that period on your own terms. If you do enjoy coffee, but you do not feel dependent upon it, consider those tweaks to your coffee experience. Drink it for pleasure. Make it a small event. Savor your cup. Pay attention to the experience. Don't just grab a coffee and throw it down your throat. Choose your beans carefully. Get the nicest coffee your money can buy, preferably one that comes from a tiny company with its own plantation or at least a direct one-to-one relationship to the farmer. Aim for zero waste by buying beans in bulk and brewing them with an espresso machine or a French press. The cafestol should not be a concern if coffee is only an occasional treat. No reusable cup, no coffee. Have your coffee to stay or bring your own reusable mug. And while you're at it, say no to drive through Although I have not started drinking coffee again, I still love the smell of freshly roasted beans. My husband still drinks coffee and I get him the beans from Invito Coffee, which is a Vancouver-based small coffee business. They are fully integrated and very responsible. They own a Costa Rica plantation, they privately import the green beans, they roast them here in Vancouver, and they make them available package-free to their customers. And if people need a package, well, it's compostable. My husband loves the resulting brew from his coffee machine, and I find the smell divine. Plus, the owners are vegan, which is awesome. I'm not affiliated, just a really happy customer, and I recommend that you find a similarly kind and conscious small coffee business in your neighborhood that you can support. Coffee is such a popular product and it has so many innovative producers. I am sure that you will find the caring, sustainable supplier you need in your area. Thank you for caring. If you would like to download a free one-week vegan meal plan so you can be planned and plant-based next week, go to veganfamilykitchen.com slash planned, P-L-A-N-N-E-D. See you very soon in my vegan family kitchen.